to another episode of the Knife Nuts podcast, and it is a special one, one that I am particularly excited about, one that's been a long time coming, because we have one of my favorite knife designers, makers, watch designers ever, Mr. Serge Panchenko. Hey, guys. I've been waiting for this since we started. I'm really excited. <laughs> I don't know Serge, why. <laughs> Serge, I hope you're just as excited to be here. I am excited. I've been listening. I've listened to every episode. Oh my god! Uh, really? Oh my god! Well, don't forget what I do for a living. I'm in the shop, you know, twelve hours, sixteen hours a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Me too, and I, I haven't even listened to them. No. Well, <laughs> that's not a surprise. I guess I guess you can be alone with your thoughts, Brian, and, and still function. So I I gotta listen to something. Can I introduce you to a much better podcast called Mark of the Maker? <laughs> I listen to those guys. Yeah. Oh, okay, just, so you just burn through as, everything. It's not as funny. I listen to I, I listen to podcasts, audiobooks, and music. So always something is playing. I, I'm the same way. I can't. I don't listen to too many podcasts, but I definitely always have music on at least. Mm-hmm. No matter what I'm doing, but either way, we are excited to have you here. And we usually like to start out, and you you know you know how we start out because you've listened to every episode. Serge, mm-hmm. what are you carrying today? Wow. I didn't even think of, I didn't think you would ask. Um, I can't I'm wait carrying now. a prototype for a future project that's going to be released uh, in about three months. Oh my gosh! Hmm. Oh, I didn't. I really. You heard it here cons- first. I didn't consider whether I should background. release it yet or the uh, the uh, the info on this. Yeah, I guess I can. You want to talk? Uh, I mean, this so, won't come out for another couple of days, so. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine. So I'm carrying a prototype uh, of a production EDC model, which is a uh, kind of a, a for me a larger locking folder. So is that so the one far, with the spidey hole, the one that you've done customs of before? Yeah. So there's been some with spidey holes, some had oval holes. So this one has obviously since I'm oval uh, hole, yeah. doing this outside of spider code, this has an oval hole. So uh, what's What's uh, exciting is that finally I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna start releasing uh, locking folders uh, in my production line. Now I have to tell you, you make some of my favorite production slip joints I've ever owned. I've Thanks, you man. got me into. I mean, I've always appreciated slip joints, but it, it's just the surge, the surgeness of them. <laughs> I don't really know how to describe it. It's just modern. A, a, it's a mod. It's obviously a modern design, but it's also very distinctive too. You know, yeah. Uh, and they have a feel and a look, and they perform very, very well. So, anything more from you that gets out into the community is good. So, uh, thanks. A man. lock, a locking, a locking knife is definitely what we want now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's been uh, I've been releasing a lot of small non locking stuff, and then. Uh, uh, just my manufacturer that I've been using, their strength is slip joints, mm-hmm. uh, by far. So I've been hesitant to kind of throw more complex locking stuff at them uh, because mm-hmm. I can't, like I don't know, I don't know whether whether they can pull it off perfectly or to my degree, I guess, of of uh, wanting it to be to be as as good as it can be. So sure. So I uh, got another manufacturer. Um, mm. And and they can pull it off, for sure. So that's good. So the productions came in; they're looking awesome. Um, so these are these are about three months away. I'm and very then, excited. Uh, 
Thanks, Matt. So I'm going to be bringing back some of my older or like old, old locking models. Um, and then I'll obviously some more new stuff. So anyway, so the slip joint stuff is going to be continuing. And then I'm starting to I'm going to be starting to release locking stuff as well. Oh, my gosh. And we're going to go through. I've got some questions about some past models, some of the mm-hmm. collaborations you've done in the past and things like that. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that as the episode goes. Uh, that is very exciting. Dave, what did you carry? Um, this is kind of boring, but just the regular Evo Typhoon from the new run. It's uh, you the have a, one. A, you have a KMP one and you carried the regular one. Yeah, because I, I kind of don't want it. I don't know. I'm keeping the KMP one as, as, as a uh, safe queen. It's amazing. It's absolutely fantastic. I, I can't remember if I had the Evo Typhoon last episode. As, we, as we've discussed. <laughs> no, we didn't. They had we didn't just have started, them yet. No, we didn't have them yet. They're all that, amazing. That, that buoy is something else. I will yes. say that. Yeah. Congratulations, Brian. These are very, they very really good. Yes. Thank you. They came out you good. and Riyadh I mean, they, they took a, a while. Really but they-, they were worth it. That's one thing. They do take a while, but when they come, they're... They're pretty damn great. Yeah. I am very, very happy with it. So I, I don't know what else there is to say about these. They're amazing. <laughs> Watch every Good. review Good. where everyone like praises them effusively. That's true. Uh, Jake, I have an Evo Typhoon for you, but I haven't seen you in forever. So what did you carry today? Uh, obviously a, a prototype from Surge, by the way. Nice. Thank you. Um and I even I even went through the what it you would can tell us what, what it, it would is. take to switch a blade, uh, the the slip joint utility blade. What is the <laughs> it's name? It's called of this? a slip joint razor, isn't that what it's called? Slip joint razor. I think that's. Serge, you can correct y- yes, me if I'm wrong. Yes, that is correct. Slip joint razor. Um, and you got the one with the yeah. G10 handle, right? G- I got orange G10. He knew. I haven't I handled had, uh, that yet. It's the one I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one you wanted. I, um, I like the G10. I think the G10 yeah, looks it's just, cool. It's awesome. I love it. It's it, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. So that is what I carried uh, today, and I actually did find uh, a few good uses for it. So I carried so mine today too. I mine like has. Thing. I love it. So so what's what's I carried in my main pocket? I carried the Olon knives Rodeo. Which I just think is such a gorgeous folder. I just posted a picture of that on Instagram. That's the white G10 with the brown micarta inlay. But in my watch pocket was the slip joint razor. And which knife do I pull out to actually cut stuff with? The slip joint razor. You have no... The cool thing about that knife is like for the everyday tasks that you do, there's nothing better. And you have no regrets about using it. You're like, I'm not going to have to sharpen this later. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to start cutting stuff and replace the blade when I'm done. It's a really magical thing. But the thing that I like most about that slip joint is the is the overall shape of it. It has like some elegance to it. Like a, a very uh, form follows function yeah. sort of situation. For for a knife with a, a universally standard replaceable blade, it is very surge looking. Mhm. Agreed. Brian did you carry anything today? And even even yeah, Brian I just said I carried the same thing. I carried. Oh yeah, that's right. You carried that. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry, you did say that. I haven't. I've been in my pocket ever since I got it. I love it. Yeah, that's it's great. really cool. I think we should probably mention that Surge is incredibly generous and maybe has set the standard for future guests by yeah, sending right. us <laughs> each a free knife, which is <laughs> he no also, one's done that yet. Don't forget, he also set the standard for himself. <laughs> 
That's true. <laughs> this we is are, not a quid pro quo situation. <laughs> we are anytime, we are, you guys. Oh, you're the best, dude. No, but we we genuinely love them. Um, and when we all got them, we in our group chat, we all started talking about how great it is. So we're not. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. We're not just blowing smoke up your ass. So I'm glad uh, you like it. No, I, I like it cool. for that reason. Also, uh, just you don't have to feel bad about you know you don't have to worry about cleaning tape residue off your blade. Uh, you know, hitting some staples or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I carried that, uh, and, and then I carried a G10 version uh, in mm-hmm. my knee pocket, I guess, or thigh pocket or whatever in my pants um, for like three months straight. Uh, wow. And Prison purse, yeah. I think you were going for. <laughs> Prison purse. <laughs> it's not a fun yeah. place to carry a razor blade. I just, I just clenched. Appropriate, though. Yeah. It, it went in orange G10 and it came out uh, coyote, coyote earth coyote, coyote whatever. Uh, I hate this. Flat dark anus. Oh god, that's terrible. <laughs> I d- flat dark anus. That's nope. <laughs> Back on top. Um, I I don't want anything to do with that hashtag. Nope. 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 You know what's going to happen now. I do want to promise you. That's going to be track to- one on track yeah. one on our album. That's right. On Cerebral Gore-Tex album. I can't wait. I uh, I did post this on Instagram, but I have bought my parents a ton of knives over the years, and they invariably just, like, put them down somewhere and then never use them. And then I came home with the uh, with the slip joint razor, and I was like, here, it has replaceable blades. You can just put a razor blade in it. And they're like, oh, this is neat. And they actually kept it. And that's, like, mind-blowing to me that ten in 10 years of collecting knives. I finally got my parents a knife that they will, like, use around the house. They're definitely going to use it, but they're also going to store it in that one drawer in the kitchen where all of those things are stored. And I'm like, oh, where's that knife with the razor blade in it? And it's going to be in that <laughs> in that, dr- that drawer of, of mystery that, no, that everyone think, has in their kitchen. But my parents are weird, and maybe this is where I get it from. They just have razor blades, like, scattered throughout the house in random places, like some john wick shit except for it's for like i don't know whatever tasks you use a razor blade for so now it's uh you it's never know when you gotta a do clock. a line <laughs> that's true <laughs> i you never told us that your, your your parents were like really into cocaine <laughs> they're the biggest squares in the world that, that would be a that would be one one hell of a plot twist that would be but yeah. it is um i think it's really appealing to people who think that knives are too much maintenance or the idea of a nice knife is too scary to use it's utility blades. You can do whatever you want with it. It's just a lot less intimidating. I, I totally agree. You know what I was thinking, too? You know how they make, uh, like, um, the gold-plated razor blades and stuff like that, too? I think that would look really freaking cool in in the slip joint razor. I'm surprised you didn't you mean, want the Damascus one. Or, I mean, the Damascus one. Oh, yeah, that would be good, too. Yeah. Take the I'm looking, I'm now Googling. right out of it. No. <laughs> I'm looking up Damascus razor blades. Why don't you get your knife nuts Even a- podcast razor blades etched? I'm kidding. I don't know. No, you're not. You're giving me all sorts of good ideas. You're giving. Oh, here they are. Damascus razor blade. Etsy. Oh, now it's dumb. It's all like really crappy uh, folding razors. Oh, well. Did you ever think about doing that, uh, Serge? Like having like. Uh, branded razor blades to put in it so i have a laser um and i might yeah yeah i might do something with that uh make some special ones but because it's the blades are only twenty four thousandths thick yeah it's uh you go right through it right (laughs) no not through but it heats so the uh fiber lasers like 
you'll see often like on titanium you'll see colors when mm -hmm. when they're used to uh to laser etch so what they do is they heat the material the problem with the 24 thou blade is that it warps mm -hmm. uh, really easily that so if you, if you do you know some elaborate laser etching um you're gonna warp it so you have to kind of match it side to side so it's kind of it's kind of a crap shoot yeah um, I love what you've been doing with the laser and, and just adding a lot of flair to uh, some of the production models that you've done and the watch bezels. Um, I, I would love to have access to a laser. It would make doing like K&P editions of things that much easier. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, search. Yeah, I should have. How much is a laser like that. that go for? Uh, mine was 25K. Oh, yeah, we don't. <laughs> That's a big Patreon goal. Well, that's a, that's a good that's a good laser. That's a good. Well, one. this is kind of the. It's I wouldn't I don't know if it's I, I like the laser itself, but this is kind of intro pricing for mm. fiber lasers. Uh, mine, for a production a for yeah, for an industrial one, right? Yeah. So the uh, the CO two lasers that you see. Uh, you know, like Glowforge and all those that you can get mm -hmm. for like five, six grand. So, so you cannot really do anything with metal. Uh, that's for you know wood, like wood and, and stuff, yeah, and paper and stuff like that. So, to actually etch uh, steel, you need a fiber laser, and they typically start at around there, around twenty-five grand. I, it seems like a pretty good return on investment if you're if you're shipping you know three hundred knives in a in a go. Uh, do you would you say that it, it's been uh, and and for your customs too? Yeah, so so it it makes you know it pays for itself by customizing stuff, uh, like I did with like the special editions and some skulls and stuff stuff like that. But then also it saves a lot of time with uh, etching etching info on blades like the steel type and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Where I would oh, have to right. go, I would have to go other either machine it. Um, which you can't really make really small, mm -hmm. uh, or uh, use a traditional like chemical etcher, which takes forever, and the results are spotty. Spotty. So it just yeah. saves time. I know if Brian had the room, he'd already have one. I, yep. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, you do such cool stuff with it. Thanks. Anybody who listen, I tell them that if, if you know the a, a laser is freaking awesome, it just saves saves a lot of time and. Uh, you don't have to worry about like okay, so how am I gonna label these parts and like you do stuff differently than us regular knife makers, Brian. But I don't know if you match parts like handles uh, if you're doing a batch of stuff. Uh, like for example, if I'm making ten knives, all the handles are labeled, you know, one and one. Like for example, the handle uh, on one knife would be one one, and the blade would be one. So then I don't mix the parts up because everything is is kind of fit to uh hmm. like the parts are I just to each knife they're not i just make my stuff so loose that anything works with <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure you do brian i'm sure you do <laughs> i know what that was a dig at <laughs> <laughs> you I, just I don't even put together franken knives yeah no I, I don't even know how i'm self-taught so it's like i look at your work brian and at I, I don't even I can't even fathom how you're doing the things you're doing. It's like, all right, I'm just not, I'm not gonna try to I'm gonna I'm, not, I'm gonna avoid a headache and I'm just gonna move on. Well, Wait. I I would imagine that the skill sets involved with with properly utilizing a laser could transfer almost to to machining. Am I wrong? 
to like running a machine? Uh, well, uh, it's a laser that's much much simpler. It's simpler because you're, you're not you're not crashing axis. a laser beam. <laughs> that's true. Well, I guess you could. Uh, and you're not I, you're working with two parts. and you're working with two D stuff, right? Yeah, two D. Right. Right. Well, I don't know. What? Um, Search, I mean, there, we... really, there's nothing I'm doing different from what you're doing. Just maybe some of the, you know, some of the <laughs> intricate milling. That's not that you can't do that. It's just uh, you're smarter than that. You know that you can't make fucking money doing it. <laughs> I'm just too lazy for that, uh, Brian. I don't know how. Like, I, I, I don't. I can't. The knife makers that spend a year making one, you know, like freaking Michael Walker or somebody making, mm-hmm. spending, spending, you know, six months or a year making one knife, I would have freaking killed myself with that knife so long ago. Mm. <laughs> you made the blade first so you can kill yourself with it. <laughs> that, you fit in so well on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> this is the exact attitude I was hoping for. Yeah. But That's I don't exactly know. right. I, I, I lose interest too quickly, so I want to get stuff out uh, so I can get the next project going. It's like, okay, this is what I envisioned for this. Okay, good, done, sold, next. So th- here's where I want to go from this. How did you start making knives in yes. the first place? I definitely want to know this because there's not a lot of information about you, even though you have probably the most, some of the most recognizable design language. 100%. Out there. So and, I'm and, very and the, curious. The only knife maker I know to have a design show up in The Mandalorian. Probably the most now the most recognizable like product placement gl- for a knife gonna, ever. Yeah. Oh, you were you were you know you, I see. I thought you were glossing over my Mandalorian comment. You were just oh no, absolutely it. not. No, I just thought we'd dedicate a whole segment to that because it's like absolutely insane. I mean, the royalties from that alone are zero dollars. Yeah, I should I should probably contact them at some point and tell them like, mm-hmm. hey, you guys are you guys are using my shit. Maybe. Oh, uh, <laughs> Maybe talk, somebody somebody get that. Carl Weathers on the horn. <laughs> or they'll, all they'll do is blur it out, and then yeah. then it's not seen there. Yeah, Disney's yeah. going to give you zero dollars and zero cents for that, unfortunately. They'll, they'll, that, they'll digitally put Princess Leia's face there instead. <laughs> talk about exposure, though. Right. The biggest show of last year. Mm-hmm. And, and probably the year before. And, and it searched, it, That's crazy. But I, have, your I, I will say, yeah, but the backstory is definitely where we're going to go. But I do, ha- I will say this, that only the keenest of Surge fans probably put that <laughs> together. That I, I don't think everyone was like, wow, what's Carl Weathers holding his cape on with? That probably didn't happen. But, uh, you know. What's that fancy brooch? Yeah, brooch. Yeah, but when please, the search. when the show came out, I had a bunch of people start messaging me and emailing me screenshots just from they take photos of their TV. They're like, <laughs> "Hey, check this out." <laughs> so I was like, "I was like, who's this?" So I, I I've never seen an episode of uh, uh, of Mandalorian. I, I think I only seen a few of the Star Wars films. Uh, I, I don't know why. It seems like I would connect with. I that. feel like you would like it actually. Just like yeah. that, you're out of the gang. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's cool. I like the design on the stuff. It's it's I don't know. The aesthetic is. is very surgy. Like for uh, you would think like you know District Nine, right? Kind of in the same vein, sort of. And sure. I love that movie. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Star Wars never really spoke to me for some reason. But I do like the technology and the designs on the stuff yeah, that they have, like that's, the weaponry that's really... and the, the you know the ships and all that stuff. I, the new epi- the new movies and stuff like that, they don't have the same sort of look. I think the Mandalorian is something you don't even have to like Star Wars to enjoy, personally. Yeah, it's kind of its own thing. All controversy aside. We'll, yeah. we'll, I should give it know. a shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but 
how did you start making knives? So I don't know. I always liked knives. Uh, I, I my first job was at a flea market when I was like fourteen, and uh, they'd pay me two fifty an hour for for a ten hour shift. I'd get twenty five bucks, and half of that would be spent on some on flea market knives that I would find. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So then. I was sneaking back, you know, my parents would give me a ride, ride home and I would sneak him in, in my backpack where I would bring my lunch and try to hide them so they don't get <laughs> confiscated. So half of them did get confiscated after all. Uh, but I don't know, I always liked knives. Uh, and then in 2007, uh, I have no, I have no idea how I heard of, uh, that there's going to be the ABS Master Smith show in reno that was the last one they had there before mm. they moved it to texas so i'm in sacramento so uh my friend and i uh went went and visit and visited the show and that was my that was kind of an eye-opener like holy shit people do this for a living people make knives and they're so elaborate so i met uh a bunch of knife makers uh joe kieslar was uh, particular stood out to me because kind of the the rough brute de forge or whatever he called that mm-hmm. that look kind of a rough uh rough hammered flats with like a nice hand rubbed uh you know hand rubbed uh, uh bevels uh really looked nice anyway so i came home and started making uh, a knife that first day uh hammering on a piece of file uh no machinery at all just just a propane torch and a hammer and using a, a sledgehammer as a as an anvil anyway wow. so uh started there um and then i made i don't know i made a handful of knives uh and uh i i got a job like i don't know at some point maybe six months after that or so i got a job at a uh doing security um at this company and there was a knife maker working there that somebody introduced me. So it came up somehow that I'm tinkering with knife making, and somebody's like, "Oh, there's a there's another guy working here who makes knives." So, <laughs> what are the uh, chances Greg of Bothman, that? Right? Yeah, that is that is pretty rare. So, so uh, I ran into him and started talking to him, and he he's like, "Yeah, there's there's knife forums. <laughs> Have you heard of that?" Like, no. What's a forum? <laughs> so, looked looked that up. Um, found Don Fox forum, forum British Blades uh, Blade Forums, and then later on USN. Uh, and you know the just asking questions um, started. I did security up until five years ago. I went full time then, so I was doing security um, and coming home and making knives as much as I can, and then sleep four or five hours and back at it so every day so So, it sounds like in the beginning like it it was something like you you wanted to you knew you wanted to do and things sort of snowballed from there it's almost like things entered your life that made it seem like that was the right thing to do yeah so uh i my the first knife i sold was my 45th knife uh Mm -hmm. for like was it 45 dollars a uh at a little tanto uh tanto quaking or whatever uh, with the wrapped handle do you know uh, who has that now <laughs> so it, it was sold on british blades forum which has been shut down since mm-hmm. uh i 
I kind of remember the guy's username, but he's in like Belgium, so I don't right. think I'm gonna find him. No. So yeah, so I started selling knives. Um, so I made the, my first one 2007. Started selling them in 2008, mm -hmm. um, and then it was f not long ago I found a, a little notebook that I was keeping uh, keeping track of my sales, and it was pretty pretty humorous to see, you know, three hundred dollars a month. Oh, uh, wow. Making knives, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was quite humorous. Anyway, so not a working wage, but you got to start somewhere, no, right? No, yes. So, uh, so I just kept at it. I freaking love making knives, and if I couldn't sell anything, I'd still be doing it nearly as much. Um, so, I, I, I guess that's a way to develop your own style is when you're making it for yourself, mm -hmm. uh, rather than for for others, like taking orders and stuff. I just make what I want to make. Um, and then you, you, I make one project, gives me ideas for the next one, and so on. Yeah, I, that's something that I think everyone in the knife community would agree with, is that Surge knives have a very particular look, and they look refined yet yet brutal at the same time. They, they, they don't – you mentioned having, like, you know, admiring uh, knives with, with hammered flats and satin bevels, you know. Uh, which is to me almost a, 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 like the the pinnacle of something being incredibly crude, but also really, really refined at the same time. And the way you took it is completely different. It's it, it you could say it's organic, but it doesn't really have it's. It looks more biomechanical in some aspects. You know, I don't really know if that's the right word for it, but it it, it definitely has its own style. Yeah, I I was tr I was thinking about this. I was like, how can I define my own style? And it's it's hard. I I can't even define it. It's I I you said it looks it looks uh mod or futuristic, mm -hmm. but you know GTC looks futuristic, right? Yeah. So it's not and it's not that it's not. It's definitely not that. that. No, because if you look at the slip joints, you're taking a traditional profile, but. Mm -hmm adding a flare to it like a like it's it's it, for example you can really see it in that cleaver blade shape which i will always associate with your work <clears throat> yeah um, so I, I guess i should say that the reason i'm making oh, so many cleavers uh they're in, popular probably. In, in, so it, no it's it's not that it's it's because the problem with folding knives is very often the handle to rate to to blade a sh uh, ratio is off because the oh, blade yes. has to fit into the handle mm -hmm. so I, i'm always trying to find the perfect visual balance between the blade and the handle that and, makes sense and to make to make up that that blade uh to make it to where it's not too small is you have to either make it elongated in some area so right? yeah. so you can't make it longer right mm -hmm. but you can make mm -hmm. it taller right uh, to make up to make up that visual balance so the so very often when i'm drawing up a design it just begs for us so, okay i can go with a different blade shape but it feels off but the cleaver right. you know the cleaver uh blade will f just has a super perfect visual balance and the way you you pull the, the that cleaver has it the direction doesn't necessarily go up it goes out so it has it it, it visually mm -hmm. elongates that blade it's pretty cool mm -hmm. and the other thing is when you do a cleaver you don't do it like you're going to start chopping stuff you make a nice thin uh ground blade with a with a blunt you know, tip so it's a very useful knife it's it's more of a razor blade than a than a cleaver at the end of the day 
Well, like Would I say, break? we like I say, we make folding knives, not folding axes. I can't stand right. thick edges. Oh my god, you know how we feel about that over here too. Um, and then you get into some of the more uh, curio-based stuff like that you've done that is still very popular, like like the bean flip uh, flippers and mm-hmm. the coin claws. How did those come about? So it started with the dog tag, actually. Oh, the dog tag, yeah. Yeah, that was a Spyderco model. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, so in 2012, um, it occurred to me that on a tiny knife, uh, the detent, a traditional ball detent that you use to hold a blade, you know, a big blade closed, mm-hmm. might be enough force to hold a small blade open. So I designed the dog tag, and sure enough, uh, it worked worked quite well uh and um so the coin claw was basically that except for round with elements of uh mechanical watch movements the mm-hmm. kind of the shapes um like for example the the backstop is is a, a similar shape to what you'll it's find like a bridge, on mechanical yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly uh, very so, very cool stuff so that yeah. That's awesome. And you know, it's funny. Um, one of my first, uh, and Jake will echo this. And I know his head went right to when he heard the dog tag, that, that initial first Spyderco uh, uh, dog tag that came out. I remember we wanted that so badly. <laughs> it's, uh, and it's still my we wife's still have favorite it. knife. We still have yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, I was just, we were talking, my wife and I were looking at it and talking about it like an hour ago. Uh, so it funny. is still That's her funny. favorite knife. Yeah. yeah. Weird color combination on that thing. <laughs> I, re- I remember that very spider co. The gr- yeah, green was, and purple. It, yeah. Green. It was blue. It had a blue aluminum, like uh, you know, uh, back backspacer. I guess you would call it on there. Um, and then it was a green titanium frame. If I'm thinking, yeah. If I remember correctly, yeah. blue and green. Yeah. So so spider co is not to blame there. It's it's uh I guess it's me. I kind of like prototype, it. <laughs> the prototype I sent them had a green anodized frame and blue anodized backstop and pivot mm-hmm. ring. Uh, and the reason I went for that is I wanted to so show the design was different. It, so that was kind of that's probably my first knife that when I posted uh, like on Facebook, uh, it was like holy crap, this is this is getting a tenfold you know response over anything I've ever posted before mm-hmm. and I think the reason was for, for that was not just not just the shape of it that it was kind of a I guess the start um, or near the start of my kind of modern uh, or, or my current look in knives right. but also the col- the colors were really popping so it was kind of a you know a combination of a of the design and the colors, and then Spyderco just decided to just duplicate just do that. that. I, I never, I never necessarily, I never told them to. They just decided to. So. It's very I, friendly I that, looking. I've actually seen that a lot. Yeah, that's another good point, Dave. Is that it's a non-threatening. It's very toy looking. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. it's cool. Uh, the the other reason I think it's cool is that it shows what you can do with that design. Like here, you can put colors on it because at the end of the day, it's it's a wearable knife, right? You know, that's the very mm-hmm. cool thing about it. Um. It, any chance of bringing those back in the future? Yeah, so I did uh, four generations of dog tags already. So mm-hmm. Spyderco made Gen 1 uh, and the Gen 2, right? two and yeah. Gen 4. Uh, the Gen 3 was a flipper that they did not pick up because... So I gave them a prototype at, at the, uh, one of the Blade shows, and they, they said that 
most people didn't know how to hold it to flip it. Uh, so it kind of because it's so it's small, kind of fun, right? it's you, kind of funny that Spiderco had something to say about that, considering some <laughs> of the things they released. But that's yeah. beside the point. <laughs> uh, but you've had a f- a, a number of uh, that was was that your first? That wasn't your first uh, thing you did with Spiderco, right? Wasn't there a couple more uh, prior to that? So so they released it first, but our first project that we started was the Rock, the, the rock, Cleaver yeah. uh, Cleaver Liner Lock. Um, but it took so long for their Japanese factory uh, to produce mm-hmm. that the dog that. tag, even though it was picked up like a year later, came out earlier. Mm-hmm. What's it like gotcha. working with Spiderco? I think you're our first guest that has multiple Spiderco production knives. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's. I get it's similar to working with any other company. Really, oh, okay. it's you know you submit the design. Uh, they'll they'll kind of do what they think they're what they think they can like features wise and and materials wise it's kind of up to them mm-hmm. uh they'll do they'll do changes they'll do design changes whether mm-hmm. sometimes whether you like it or not um right and uh which was which was kind of one of the main factors why i was eventually i was like you know what i'm starting my own freaking production company yeah. uh or my own production line i guess i should say Makes sense to me. Uh, you know, especially when you have the know-how and the ability and you understand the business so well, it makes sense to do it yourself. But uh, I could have sworn, and this was before you had announced any of um, the production stuff, I could have sworn that EDC model was going to come out as a Spyderco. It, it looks the part. Right. Yeah, I, I considered it. Um, you know, I, I don't really know why I never... I never gave it to them. I, I know why I, like because the, it's too good. It's too good. <laughs> the the EDC. That's probably why I wanted to keep it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like once you, like the dog tag, right? I, it, it, I could release one myself, like another a new generation. But it's kind of, uh, I'm not sure how Spyderco is gonna take it. And then also, uh, there's I got so much other stuff to release. Right. Uh, there's no sense but once you, you want to move on i get it yeah w- once you give you know once you give a company a design it's kind of uh you're kind of done with it so the edc i wanted to do to do uh to do myself probably i i don't want to i don't usually ask like financial stuff when it comes to this but i'm genuinely curious do they pay you up front for something like that or do you get royalties for how depending on how it sells so all production companies pay nothing but royalties. Royalties, uh, whether quarterly or twice a year or annually, depends. On I knew the company. that was I knew that was true of most of the the Chinese companies, but I wasn't sure how Spiderco did it. And then all across the board, it's all companies. Uh, the number is the same, five percent. Right. No, that's interesting. Ooh. It's pretty terrible, actually. Yeah. But <laughs> unless unless you unless you're Ken Onion, then you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Five percent of a lot is a, still a lot. Is a lot. Yeah. yeah. Or you just have a lot of designs, and you know, if you have a lot of designs to go to, then well, then you're also then you're also then Ken you're also Onion. Ken Onion. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> no matter what, you're Ken Onion. Uh, but that's really interesting. I, I never really thought of that. You know, where did CNC come in though? Because last last we heard from your story, you were like banging things with a hammer, and then maybe forty yeah, fifth so, knife, but CNC so, comes in somewhere. Yeah. So. Uh, CNC came in around knife 450 or so, probably. 
so I, I kept track. I took photos of every single knife I made until like 470 or something like that. At which point um, I started making batches. And that's when it became impractical photographing the same thing or trying to keep track. Wow. Uh, so up until, so I made 400, around 450 knives in four years. Uh, so from 2008 when I sold my first one until 2000, the end of 2012 is when I released the dog tag. And that's around when I stopped uh, numbering my knives. Wow. So each one was numbered. Uh, anyway, so so I got my uh, like a little crappy mill drill uh, in 2012. That's what allowed me to make the dog tag uh, to machine out the spring. Uh, and then going to CNC, it's if I knew what I was, how much, how hard it is to freaking learn it without being without having anyone to show you, I would would have probably hesitated, but. I didn't know any better, so I went on Craigslist and just looked for a CNC milling machine, <laughs> and found one. Uh, found one close close to me. Some this guy was uh, this cool dude uh, makes uh, assembly robots that uh, assemble IBM computer boards or something like that. So he's he's making some pretty intricate crap. Uh, so he he had this old Shizuka retrofitted like 1970s mill, and he was getting a haws. So he threw it up on Craigslist, and I I got it for like four grand. And then a face converter wow. for 500 for so and then moving it 500. So all told, it cost me like five grand to get a CNC mill. And then I got it. I brought it home. And then I was like. How do I make? How do I machine a knife with a CNC mill? <laughs> how do I so make this part out? is done. So I have a CNC mill. Now what? <laughs> you know, you know what's funny about this story is that it's like the polar opposite of of Brian's uh, journey into knives. <laughs> so I, this is fascinating to me. So, uh, so at this point, uh, I was already uh, friends with Gavin Hawk. Um, mm-hmm. We we. Um, Jeez, what did we work on already? I'm not sure when we did the locusts. Um, you did a couple with him. I, I, I definitely want to dig into most of the, the orbit was about. more recent than the locusts. Right, right. Yeah. The locusts were first. Uh, anyway, so we were. I was already uh, friends with Gavin, so I, I called Gavin. I'm like Gavin. I need to know how to make a knife with a CNC mill. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, Yeah, you're gonna need. A program to draw the knives. You need a program to convert that to post processes. <laughs> and I'm to, surprised to you didn't say code. here. I wrote. I wrote this program and I built this machine and all this other stuff. Yes. 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 <laughs> so you're gonna need to convert that into G code. Then you're gonna need to transfer that to the mill. You know how to find your X Y Z, right? I'm like, what's an X Y Z? So great. So. So that was that was interesting. Um, learning fixturing and and CAD and CAM uh, and how to modify G code uh, because some pro- I guess some post processors won't, especially for old ass programs or old ass mills uh, and and kind of less popular stuff. You have to modify anyway. So so that was interesting. Um, that took a while and. Wow. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, with Gavin's help and a lot of YouTube and a lot of Googling and trial and error and crashing the mail into parts, it's like, oh, I guess that, I guess that went right through the blade. That's that probably that's not good. <laughs> hey, it's your first Spidey hole. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That yeah, so, so, so I, I, I got my haws pretty recently. Uh, I've only had it for like two years. Uh, two, two and a half years, probably something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's a whole different animal. Now, now it's like making parts is the least of my concern. So now your your current uh, workflow um, involves both CNC and traditional knife making uh, methods, right? Yeah, because I'm not Brian. I I can't make my freaking mill jump through hoops and do stuff that that everybody else is like well i guess i'll go grind the blade now <laughs> uh, <laughs> i don't know how to do all of that stuff so it's just uh it's just like everybody else uh, except for brian and gavin and and other other people of that caliber uh, well, other makers well the reason i say that is because there's not many people that i think can truly make that combination work that idea of you know hand working tools and things like that combining that with with cnc usually leaves a weird uh juxtaposition of style and i think what you do very well is meld those two things very very is meld those two things successfully thanks man yeah i mean and then when you when you start i'm glad you mentioned gavin because if there was a a, a marriage of two knife makers that I really truly respect it's that combo right there um, things like the orbit uh, and the locust were just so it just was such a perfect combination like of all, I, I actually ended up selling my orbit and it's the thing that I this the only knife that I actually regret selling I can't remember what it was but I think I was I was on some hard times and somebody snatched that from me and I'm hoping at one day I'll get one back. I, I sold it thinking, oh, I kind of wanted a carbon fiber one, and it just never showed up again. So <laughs> Yeah, that was not the one to sell expecting no. to buy another one. No. no I'm, I'm realizing that. And people still message me, hey, you still got this Orbit? I'm like, no. And the thing is, I sell stuff so infrequently, so that one really, really, really hurts me. I don't know why. I think it was, for, I think it was probably because I got a deadlock or something like that. Yeah, the Orbit is a is an awesome knife. It's so the 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 action and the sounds and the feel of it is unlike anything. It's it's unlike anything I've ever. It's an extremely unique uh, experience. So if you're a knife collector and you get an opportunity to pick up uh, an Orbit, first tell me about it. But then <laughs> you absolutely should buy one because it is a, a very very cool thing, and I hope I get to experience it again someday. Yeah, so I I get, I don't know how many emails a week, every week, people asking sure. for the orbit, uh, and I just talked to Gavin about this probably last week, and uh, he's knee he's, deep in deadlocks. I'm sure he is. It's more than knee deep. Yeah, <laughs> the demand is is it's going to keep him so in crazy forever. for those. Yep. Have you thought of maybe working with him to bring that to one of the manufacturers? That would be cool. Yeah, we talked about it. 
I understand it, that it would be a difficult design, thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So with his mechanisms, uh, so he he's gonna redesign the detent uh, to to be to run a little bit differently. So it's gonna still have the same feel, the same break, how mm-hmm. how this one does. It's gonna feel the same, but it's gonna work differently with different spring setup to make it a little bit more reliable. Uh, so with just the mechanisms alone are a problem and then also it's like this design deserves our attention uh for us to make it rather than just just you know give it to one of the production company or you know produce it as as a production ourselves i i feel like i already knew the answer to that question but i feel like we were going to get somebody that really wanted to know that and uh i'm glad we addressed it um Mm -hmm. Uh, how about other collaborations? I often wondered what a a Surge Sharp by Design collaboration would look like. Maybe, maybe you guys. <laughs> well, should, maybe you guys should talk. I, I could tell this. you. I could tell you what that would look like. Take one of Brian's knives, and then scrape off all the good stuff that he puts <laughs> on the surface on everything, and then you. And that's that. <laughs> and then you on. have a Surge knife, a Surge Brian collaboration. You know, your self-deprecation fits in even better with us. Absolutely, it's not true. But, but we appreciate it nonetheless. Uh-huh. Uh, but I still think it would work. I still think you guys could do it. I don't think Brian's ever done a collaboration with really any knife maker. Really. I wonder what no, a I what know. a I wonder what a Kia Ferrari collaboration would look like. Hey, it's called the Stinger. <laughs> it, it, it's the... called the Ferrari, but worse. The, yes. Chry- the Chrysler TC by Maserati. Oh, well, we that, have that, evidence. Those those things exist. <laughs> yeah, the Chrysler TC by Maserati. And Ferrari is and Ferrari is now you know part of the Stellantis group. So maybe you'll see, you know, that could happen. <laughs> Hard times <Could> happen. <laughs> Indeed. But uh, what else? What else is so? Maybe we should. I. I, I and I'm sh- your journey doesn't end with that. You're still. How did you decide to? Now you're in. You know, making production knives. You know, you have a, a steady stream of high quality, awesome slip joints, um, and soon to be other things. Uh, how's that going? Yeah, it's going well. So, um, the always what kind of drives me what my favorite thing about knife making is coming up with new designs. Mm-hmm. The problem with coming up with, with new designs when you have to make them is that making up and making a new design is the, the smallest part of that. Right. So you come up with a design, you spend a day and then you spend the next six months making it. And then, uh, you're, th- that part is over, you know, the making a new design. So, so doing this as a production, uh, company, it's it's much easier. Um, make a design, uh, make a prototype if needed, work it out, and and move on to the next thing. Uh, the other thing is, for a long time, uh, people, you know, if you look at older YouTube videos of my my customs, and it's never ending in the comment section. Cool designs, but ridiculous prices. Well, yeah, well, that's. I feel like that is not. That is just dumb people but continue i'm sorry no no it's it's you know look at anything uh anything custom anything handmade is expensive right and then you, when you can get a you know a, a decent knife at walmart for 50 or 80 bucks mm-hmm. charging 800 is is ridiculous you know but that's that's a whole different topic anyway so <laughs> so people always you know always heard that love your designs but can't afford them so the production 
line kind of addresses that. So a lot of it's like either either you can make money selling a lot less of a lot more expensive stuff or you can sell a lot more of a lot cheaper stuff. Um, but the problem is time, right? If you uh, I, I work, I do everything myself. I don't have any employees. Um, nobody helps me ship. Nobody does my website or photography. Everything is done by myself. It so can't, that can't be true because you're nowhere near as angry as me, and I do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he, I knew Brian was going to have something to say about that. <laughs> so the problem is time. At some point, no matter how, you know, no matter how productive you are, you just you, you all you have is 24 hours in a day. I don't care how much, you know, I don't care how hard you work. There's a limit. Um, so the only way to grow is is uh, either hiring people, which which I don't really want to do right now, uh, or going the production route. So it allows me to release a lot more stuff and still have time to focus on my own custom stuff and coming up with uh, you know coming up with designs with new new ideas and new designs, which is my favorite part of knife making. Uh, that's, that's my awesome. favorite part is the customers. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite part is people who like to tinker and take things apart. Ugh. Ugh. I'm still. Ugh. I, I, all my spare pivots are gone. All my spare <laughs> screws are gone already. It's. Um, I already have that, knives that people drop that need to be. The frames need to be refinished and blah blah blah. It just leaves. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you for letting. Thank you for letting me put my weekly. Uh, I knew you had to. I, there it is. I always uh, thought that my first employee would be someone to help me around the shop, but it's probably going to be someone to answer emails uh, regarding yeah. asking for for uh, replacement screws and pivots and clips that they got lodged in a car door and stuff like that. Yeah, it's so hard to keep up with all that stuff. Yeah, yeah frustrating I'm, I, too. Uh, that's where I, I it's only the logistical stuff that I could imagine you guys really needing a lot of the help with like just answering you know that's why most uh, people ask me questions about Brian's stuff because they're afraid to ask him <laughs> I'm okay with that <laughs> like hey hey Levon uh, how much was the, the micro Evo Typhoon when it came out and I'm well like, chances are I would just be calling you to ask you how much was the yeah, that charge might be <laughs> true I think you actually did I no, how, done much, that. how much? How much? How much were those? I was like, uh, uh yeah. Well, but no, sometimes yeah, I, it's just I got to keep you know when you're doing the right. knife nuts version, I got to make sure everything is in line and things the numbers are right, so something's of not course. like totally out of whack. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I want to talk about the knife nuts uh, uh, evos a little bit, just because I'm so happy with how they came out, and mm-hmm. and I'm I, I'm glad that everyone. Who uh, first off, I'm just glad they all arrived to where they needed to go, and uh, I want to thank I wanted to thank everyone who uh, you know who who got in on that early because I know we you know you trusted us with your money for quite a long time, um, and we hope it was worth it. I think so, it was. I I would like to do more knife nuts projects with other people. <coughs> Cough surge. Um, <laughs> Maybe in the future that would be a good thing to do. I'm, I'm up for it. Me too. I think it's the single coolest thing we can offer people. It's cooler than That's the true. podcast. It's an actual knife. 
stickers. It, we have some pretty cool stickers, some pretty cool magnets and shirts, but the knives are absolutely the coolest thing. Well, yeah, that's the main that's the main gig. I mean, it you know what? It's very stressful, and I and it's only a small piece of the stress that I know people like Serge and Brian take in every day. But I feel like you know, I just feel like I'm more involved. Does that make sense? Like I can understand, I can understand the, the craziness that goes on with being a knife maker. And shout out to Carbon Plate. Can I just talk about that real quick? Carbon Plate makes quite a nice product, wouldn't you agree, Brian? <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's really nice. I like it. It's yeah, uh, and they're easy to deal with. Um, but I see the like I don't know where you got all those different colors from. They don't offer all that stuff like they did. I well, they do, but it depends on what they're making at the time. So. Um, oh, okay, gotcha. And the first place I saw them was on Shirogorov's uh, Hati R. That was the first product that came out with those colors. And even on the podcast, I remember talking about it and saying, I'm going to buy my first Shirogorov, and I have no freaking clue what color to get because there's like right, right, 12. Um, and I ended up going with the Black Cherry one. But the two. what's funny is my other two choices was that purple and the teal. So... This was part uh, the the secret behind this was my way of getting that material on something that I got to have. So the, the purple came out really nice. Yeah, like, I, it makes me excited I'm, for what the teal. I'm one's assuming gonna the look. teal is going to look just as good. Yeah, C- can you imagine what they're going to look like all lined up together? It's going to look sick. Very cool. Yes. Yeah, you think I would have kept one of everything too? Yeah, shoulda, woulda. <laughs> so I said to Lev on the other day, need at least one of each. I try to keep an archive. They all sit in a pouch and they live there, and uh, for for archival purposes, that's what they're there for. Um, we should get into the watch. Yeah, not a lot of knife makers have diversified into watchmaking. I have a lot of questions about the watch. <laughs> I think, so I, I want to. I want to make sure. Jim Skeleton. Jim Skeleton. Jim Skeleton. Jim Skeleton. Jim Skeleton. What are we talking about him for? <clears throat> uh, the only other knife maker I can think of that has a watch. <laughs> let me let me just put this out there. But this and, is not and, an and, apples and all to apples due, all, all due respect to Mr. Skelton. To Jim Skelton. I do not think that he had his hand in designing that watch as much as he says. It was also a much more conventional diver. It wasn't yeah. exactly a very unique design. Yeah, it didn't scream Jim Skelton. Jim Skelton. Yeah, but uh, the Model One. Model One, I have. I'm before Serge gets into this, like I had been pestering him about this watch for I don't know how many years that he's been showing CAD drawings and things like this at this point. And to, when I finally got to put it on my wrist, that was quite a moment. But take us through the journey, Serge. <clears throat> yeah. So I mentioned the coin claw <clears throat> earlier. I don't remember which year exactly I released that. Probably a year or two after the dog tag, so mm-hmm. maybe 2015, 16. So that's when I was already think already thinking about doing a watch. So the difference the difference between making a knife and making a watch is uh, the difference between my machining and and Brian's machining. That's 
if not, if not larger. <laughs> I just, I, dude, your your freaking machining is just absurd. So we're neighbors. We're neighbors at the Blade Show for some years now, and yep. every time I look over there, I'm like, Jesus Christ! Just how does he freaking do this shit? The, the, I, the, I, I say the same thing when I see the lines of people standing by you while they're walking past me. <laughs> Let me. Uh, I'm sure. Please don't inflate Brian's ego any more than it is. He's gonna fall out of his chair, hit his head on his on his mill. So when you did that basket weave with different colors, uh, you know, with different colors going across, nobody had done that shit before. That's uh, that's freaking insanity. Uh, when I saw that first time, I was like, holy shit. Is is yeah. this how the I like the hell Let me hold on, hold on, hold on, Brian. I need, let me let me answer this for you. Nobody wants to pay for that. <laughs> I like doing these things, but but nobody nobody wants to pay for it. So why am I going to do it? Mm. Is that is that the gist of it, Brian? You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's exactly as it. always. Fuck you. I don't talk like that. Nobody wants to pay for that. Yeah, so... Thank you! <laughs> yeah, so making a custom watch uh, when, you know, on your own with YouTube videos as your as your teacher uh, is not going to happen. Mm. There's there's the uh, the precision required and, and, uh, and it's like you don't even know what you don't know. Uh, the tolerances have to be ridiculous. The construction has to be very specific. Uh, everything has to be done a certain way, and there's no training available for that outside of going to a watchmaking school. Anyway, so I had this kind of in the back of my mind for a long time to make a watch. Uh, so I love knives. I love watches for a long time. Anyway, so I started tinkering with it uh, probably six six years ago. I made my first watch case, uh, machined it. And then I'm like, okay, how am I gonna fix? How am I gonna fix the the movement in here? So that set me back by by six months. Uh, and then and then uh, and then I ran into the next problem. And then that was another six months. And then I realized that hey, I have I probably have another thirty problems ahead of me. So <laughs> let's let's focus on knives right now. So it's like once once I once I learned or once I saw how how precise and specific. Uh, part certain parts have to be without the CNC lathe. Uh, that's that's not gonna happen. Uh, like what kind so, of tolerances are you talking? So, a lot of the parts are really small. That's another thing. Um, and the mech, like for example, having the model one doesn't have it, but having a rotating clickable bezel. Uh, I don't even know how how to go about that without a lathe without a cnc lathe um i, I don't know i can't give you numbers if that's what you're asking for brian no oh, okay. but maybe you know that'd be you know no because i still haven't yet to make one myself so i can't really even <laughs> gotcha. answer that uh, basically it was i was way over my head trying to make a custom watch anyway so uh it finally occurred to me recently that if I'm gonna ever release a watch, it's gonna have to be as a production, uh, like everybody else. Uh, don't try to be Rolex right now. Maybe at some point, <laughs> try just try to release uh, release a watch. So, uh, 
just like with you know with the production knives it's relatively simple the uh the companies that make watches uh are just like the knife companies they have engineers they have they have elaborate programs um they work all that stuff out for you they you can literally send them a drawing on a napkin and they'll they'll work it they'll out make it and this is mostly hong kong based too right mhm yeah i so, think that's mostly where the micro brands come from so I, I did the drawing yeah yeah so the the guys that make my watch make make watches for uh i don't know dozens of brands mm-hmm. so uh so i did the drawing i made a 3d model worked it out as much as i could and left the internals to them because uh, they know what they're doing and I do not with that. I can do the design. I can't do the, the mechanics of it. Uh, well, you can you can tell the features that you asked for were from someone that really does appreciate watches, like the drilled lugs and things like that, that and the way everything curves and the way it fits. This is stuff that you've done and asked for. You know, you can tell there was a lot of time and, and, and effort put into this design. Yeah, so uh, like in watches, I've I've watched I don't know thousands of reviews on watches, uh, so I I know what what is you know what features uh, people like what like. Pe- what features people don't like 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 you mentioned the drill lugs, uh, so I I kind of have a good understanding of what uh, of where I wanted to go with it, mm-hmm. so I left. I, I still wanted to keep it really simple. Um, so, so there was a lot of a lot of features that I spent a lot of time uh, agonizing over. Okay, should I go this route? Should I go that route? Like for example, the minute track uh, the minute track is 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 not there on the model one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a feature that's useful and that a lot of people prefer. But I really wanted to keep it, the dial super clean. clean. Mm-hmm. So, so I kept it off. Uh, so, you know, obviously a lot of people like it. I've sold, I've sold a ton of them. Uh, and the next, the next one I'll probably do, it'll probably have the, uh, next of all, it'll, it'll probably, it'll have the, the minute, the minute track. Uh, but anyways, the model one, I wanted to keep super simple with, with as much of my own style as I could. How did the, uh, the the interchangeable bezel come about so that uh i've had an idea of what i wanted my first watch release to look like i do i do remember that being part of your initial drawing i remember Mm -hmm. that being a key feature of it so i wanted um like right away i wanted the watch to have to be able to be customizable so the bezels allow for that uh, like I, I, I made, you know, numerous, uh, bezels in numerous materials already, and I'm going to make more. It's just really easy to change out the look, to change up the look on your watch. Um, either, you know, make it, put a bronze bezel on there, make it look rustic, you know, throw something more, uh, like a carbon fiber and make it look more modern. Um, I'll make some Tamascus at some point and some other material. So it's it's really easy to change out the look. Like you change the bezel color, for example, and change the strap to a matching color, and you have a completely different looking watch. And we were talking about it in the in the bonus content, but I I I do constantly get compliments whenever I wear that watch, and it's the one watch where you know 
it, it's not the first customizable watch in the world, but most people, when they buy that a watch that is quote unquote customizable, they put it in one look and and never change it. I find myself every time I take my my Surge Model One out of my watch case and put it on my wrist, I'm like, hmm, maybe I should change the bezel. Maybe I could I could put on a different band. And I'll wear it to work in a completely different guise. And people are like, is that the same watch you were wearing the other day? I'm like, yeah, I just changed the bezel and the band, and now it looks completely different. For example, right now, I, I have the, the Skull and Crossbones blue titanium bezel on there mm-hmm. with the with the orange uh, Chiso frame. It's a fake ISO frame uh, <laughs> band. Um, but it is just as good as, as a real isoframe. I have two of them side by side, and there's literally, I cannot, one doesn't smell like vanilla. That's the difference. <laughs> uh, but it's such a out there look compared to like how I would put it on like a, you know, a, on a distressed leather band with the um, the bronze bezel or something like that. It, it really does change the entire mood of the watch. It's very, very mm-hmm. cool. So you said you're making Timascus bezels, huh? Hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I love uh, that the, it's stonewashed. I just want to yes. throw that out there. A nice little thing coming from knife making. Exactly. Because I can't think of any stonewashed watches, but before I wore a, swat, a smartwatch, I wore you know a regular automatic watch, and it got so beat to shit, it looked terrible after mm-hmm. a few years. So I really love the idea of the stonewashing. Thanks. Yeah, that was a tough decision. Uh, watches are, you know, they're kind of, you could say they're jewelry for men, right? Yeah. They're, they I have could say knives are jewelry for men at this point, but, you know. <laughs> watches definitely they, are for everybody. Yeah, they, they have, most watches have one thing in common. They're polished, they're shiny, they're sparkly, and they're supposed to be. So going this route, uh, my biggest fear was... So if I didn't have the knife community, I wouldn't have done it. Sure. Uh, if I didn't have my customer base, uh, go, it, releasing a stonewash case straight up into the watch, into the watch community, would have would have been devastating. Uh, right. Nobody would have nobody nobody would have bought it. It'd be like I don't even understand what's happening right now. Why did he beat the shit out of this watch and trying to sell it as new? So and I also have to say the price point that you brought it in at was 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 unbelievable too. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I think the success of that does. I mean, are there any left? Yeah, so I kept some back um, to be. Re- I'm going to be releasing them uh, as time goes on with mm-hmm. different with different bezels and different materials that I haven't done yet. Ooh. Like I have a shield from a uh, World War II uh, Russian Maxim machine gun that was oh, dug up. my God. That's cool. <laughs> so it's like it's like several feet square. Um, it's c- extremely corroded, um, but it still has, it's still thick. It's like a quarter inch thick, so I'm going to need to machine the backside to thin it out some. So basically, I'm going to release an addition with World War II machine gun shield bezels. That's cool. That is ridiculous. So uh, dug up from a battlefield. Oh my god. I, so I, it's funny. I've been watching. Have you ever watched Bald and Bankrupt on YouTube? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So he's this guy. He's a travel blogger that goes around all of Eastern Europe and the Caucasus and stuff, and just visits uh, 
crazy Soviet like locations and things. And some of the things that he finds are absolutely insane. And I was watching one the other day where he found the Ikranoplan, I think was a was a, a Russian uh, heir to uh, like a like a sea missile launcher or something like that. And they just have this rotting carcass of this thing laying there. And I'm thinking. What could you make some knives out of that? That'd be really cool. But yeah, you guys should definitely watch him. So he's he's really hmm. cool. He goes. He went to Armenia. He goes to all different places too. So it's pretty neat. Uh, side. So it was just a little side note when we were talking about that. So so I also have a tail fin of off of a uh, AIM nine air to air missile. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna make I'm gonna make some bezels out of that as well. That's awesome. I know Boker tries to do that sometimes. Or like we have a piece of a tank. And we're gonna put on. We're gonna make a knife out of it, or we're gonna make Damascus out of a, the barrel of a tank's gun. But then it's like, was it a German tank? <laughs> you gotta wonder. You gotta do, wonder. Do I want a Panzer barrel <laughs> knife? Mm. Das ist nicht gut. Das ist yeah. nicht gut. So I, I think the reclaimed materials is a really cool thing. Uh, I, yeah, I totally I, endorse that. That's such a novel. Sort of like a but little it, piece of history, and it's just not just Timascus or something. But here, here, here's the truth of it: it fits Serge's aesthetic. Yes, too. absolutely, because it's kind of look yeah. like a, looks like it was put it together just, on the battlefield or something. It's a yes. very fits with the aesthetic very. And good. I have no doubt that it's going to have a level of refinement that you would never expect to see in something like that. Um, you've released a series of color like I don't. That is one watch I don't think looks bad with any dial color. You know, you've done. Uh, the black with the oh, you had an orange and a black at launch with some red details. There's been the gray, which is incredible looking. The red and the blue are also stunning. Ooh, so. I've never seen a gray dialed watch before. That's cool. Uh, gray is I think probably silver. Like, yeah, gray is probably Silver's one of the most popular, popular watch colors ever. But you know, <laughs> dial were... colors. But you know, whatever. <laughs> okay, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big watch guy. I don't know. I feel like they usually have that. Um, that sort of like shimmery look on the on gray watch dials. Uh, well, sometimes they have the su- the sunray dial. That's but what it a lot, is. Yeah, but a lot of you know gray is a very common like matte finish dial too. Yeah. But the way Serge does it, it has that like putty gray kind of c- color to it. It's very neat. It's very neat. Yeah, I wanted it to fit in with with the case with the with yeah. the stone washing. If I got a second one of those, I think I would have a hard time deciding. But that gray dial calls to me. You know what it is? It's just the ability to, um, since since the customization side of things is so awesome on that thing, having like a neutral color dial is is a really cool yeah, thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. It yeah. it's literally an open canvas. Whatever whatever bezels you throw on will change. Yeah, you're not limited no. by the dial color. And not to say that the black dial with the orange hands, which is the one that I wear. That one seems to go with everything too, especially with the crazy blue anodized uh, bezel and the orange uh, orange band. Completely different look than I, I've normally worn it as. So I really really like it. Um, let me see. That's... Bef- before the watch was the was the wrist maze, which is such a strange little thing. And <laughs> oh yeah, so the That's reason cool. for that was um, I forgot I about wanted... that. I forgot about it. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. So the the reason for that was I wanted to practice um, machining a case, mm-hmm. uh, a watch case. Uh, so I worked out the fixturing uh, to to uh, drill the lugs, for example. You have to rotate it, uh, you know, do one side, rotate it, do the other side. Uh, 
basically, uh, that was practice for uh, for making a watch, which I'm still going to do. Is just at least I have the machinery now. Um, the mill is more than precise enough to do whatever I wanted to do. Now it's just working out all the processes and all the steps. I honestly th- thought it was pretty cool. Like you know, it was sort of like a it's a very modern art sort of thing. Is because. Yeah. Why do people wear a wristwatch now anyway? It's like everybody's like, oh, yeah. my, my phone tells me what time it is, you know? So it really takes that whole wrist jewelry thing to another to another level. I thought it was kind of cool. How many of those do you make? It really is kind of just like a little modern art piece. I was, I was very tempted to get one. Jeez, uh, oh, I don't remember now. Maybe <laughs> 50? Maybe oh, 50 wow. or okay. so? Okay, that's more than I thought. Mm-hmm. Neat. That, <laughs> that Thanks, is very man. neat. A little I, I still have some. I still have some uh, unfinished, uh, unfinished parts. So I'll, I'll make some. I'll finish them up at some point. You got to make a, a little minotaur. That's that exciting. I'm going to try around. and grab one of those. <clears throat> I'll, wear, I'll wear that to work, and people are like, "Yeah, look." <laughs> Where do you tell the time with it? It, ha- it has one app. It has one app. <laughs> Just tell people to watch, <laughs> yeah. and let them try and figure out how it tells time. Uh, that is exactly what I'm going to do, Dave. I could brilliant. definitely see a Serge Pinchenko uh, sundial. Wrist yeah, sundial? That, yeah, that, that feels be... like that would fit with your aesthetic. <laughs> it's got to be stone- just stonewash it. It's it's surge. So there's three ball bearings in those in those wrist mazes. Uh, Levon, tell them that when they get all three to the center, it will display the time. <laughs> the day's gonna be shot. One dude. represents the minute hand, second hand, and hour hand. It's perfect. Whoa, that is a great line. Mm-hmm. So those are. Those are a lot harder than they seem. Um, oh yeah. When I had a when I had a real job, uh, I I made an before making these wrist mazes, I made just some round handheld uh, mazes. So my coworker's first attempt was fifty five minutes. We timed it. Uh, his hands were shaking by the time he finally finished oh it, and gosh. his eyes were watering. Now I really so, want one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy, man. So the I guess you can't take. You have to do it while it's on your wrist. Well, no, that's not going to be possible at all. <laughs> not even close. Well, that's what I'm going to tell people. <laughs> You're going to need so shoulder that, surgery if you try yeah. that. <laughs> Might as well add it to my list. Is there a so disclaimer there that comes with it? <laughs> I guess there should be. It sounds be like now. a liability issue there. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> you just see some dude in the corner, like, wagging his wrist all around. Like, what the hell is wrong with that guy? He's I'm having a seizure. It. He's having He's a seizure. A... <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing with my – it's an app. <laughs> like when the Spider Coast civilian came with like the little hang tag that was like there's no warranty on this if you break it because it's so thin it's just That's like so, there's no we will not we're not liable if you need I have surgery. I have a matriarch and it has the same warning yeah it's, which I think you is you have amazing. to put a little affix a little tag to this it's that you're best, not liable for risk damage it, it is my yeah. favorite piece of paper that has ever come with a knife it's like this was not meant to be used for any utilitarian or EDC tasks do not. <laughs> That's great. Uh, oh man. Oh, Serge, is there anything? I'm. I'm just. I've just loved chatting with you so much. Is there anything you want to talk about uh, on the horizon or anything? Yeah. So I'm inspecting inspecting the slip joint razors right now. So the uh, the first uh, today's Wednesday. Uh, the first version or the first variation is going to be available next tuesday Uh, i know a lot of people have been asking about it especially since uh everybody's been posting them 
Uh, people thought, oh, did I miss it? I'm like, no, you, you didn't miss it. I'm just but, slow, uh, and I and I need to I need to update people more often. So March second is gonna be uh, they're gonna be available the first batch. Ah, very good. There's also a book. Can we talk about the book quickly? Oh, the I don't know a lot of knife makers with books. A bean book. Well, I, I don't know if it's a. It's more of a. It, it's pretty simple. It's just a 86 pages of uh, on the bean model. So just a, a <laughs> bunch of photos. Uh, of the different versions I made. That's still cool. I don't a coffee table book of of about your knives is a pretty cool I, idea. This is another thing I require. I need to get a book about bean bean f- flipping the bean. You need the bean book. I need the bean book. It's available. <laughs> um, go to Serge's website. I'm uh, doing it Levon, right now. Levon, I'll send you one. Um, I I have some extras. Oh my god! I'm, I'm very so excited. I'm finishing up a, another book right now on uh, on it's going to be called early work. So everything um, I made before making uh, locking knives. So it's like the f- the first four hundred something knives. Um, so just a lot of photos and and uh, info on all my early stuff. So that's going to be available soon. Because there's really not any aspect of the edc world you haven't tried yet what do you what do you think is the next frontier you've done you've done keychains you've done bottle openers you've done nooks you've done pens you've done uh watches knives what, what else is left yeah well, flashlights yeah. Fla- flashlights are, are left yep mm-hmm. flashlight but it feels like flashlights are it's it's almost like it's a technology first yeah you've and heard us tool, talk about this yeah tool second yeah so i hesitate because i i know right off that i'm not going to be able to compete technology wise it's not going to be brighter and longer lasting you know than anybody else's and it's going to be a lot less so than most it's just, just got honestly what a surge flashlight needs to do is just look like a surge flashlight so that's the, that's the only thing that will have you know just my styling but i hesitate with the flashlights because the technology aspect of it is so important and i know it is so here's here's where i think uh you know as a flashlight connoisseur i there are companies that you could team up with just as easily as you've done with your knives i think there's something that is better served as a production piece and i've considered that um so i've already drawn designs for for the first version that i want to do so it's not going to be round and cylindrical like like most are it would it would be kind of flatter and square mm. um think like the you know the profile of a knife sure just 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 rectangular uh with with the light on the like not on the tip looking out but on the uh on the scale side <laughs> if you're oh like the eye of Ra, which is a flash yes like that. Or, or like, yes yes or something like a um like just like uh, like one that I don't know. You know what I'm talking. Oh, yeah, that. No, no, that. I'm oh, not the Eye of Ra. There was there was a flashlight. The, the something eye of that Horus you can, or something. Yeah, some, the Eye of Horus. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about, Dave. Yeah, um, yeah. So something something similar to that. Uh, yeah. With a clip on it, you know, like probably use one of the clips for my knife models. Uh, so something like that. But again, I consider teaming up with a production with a you know production flashlight company, and I still I I'll probably do that down the road. It's just. I have a lot going on right now. Lumen Top. <laughs> Lumen Top. Talk to Lumen Top. 
Or maybe they do make light. very nice flashlights, but those are the two that I would I would deal with. I and think it's also gotta the... have, and for the love of God, warm tints only. Yeah. The integrated batteries now is like instead of replaceable ones, but ones that are just like built into the circuitry are definitely going to enable other form factors like that. And, and that's it would be what hard I to make to that do. shape with a double A or something. Yeah, so I wanted I, it. It need to be a flat battery. Need to be rechargeable and mm. uh, just. Right off the bat, the electronics part of it is, you know, I, I know nothing about. So it's like, okay, I can go this route, but it's going to take a lot of learning and trial and error. And I have I have other stuff to focus on right now. So if I'm going to do a flashlight, it will probably have to be with a manufacturer. Um, but then that kind of um, cuts out the custom finishes that I, want, I was really wanting to do on the flashlights. You can like definitely still, you know, still you can definitely. Depending, I mean, I don't know what you have drawn, but uh, it can be done. Yeah. So I, I still want to do one at some point. I don't know how much of a priority it is right now. So the priority right now is to uh, release locking knives, uh, more locking knives, and then That's a good priority. Uh, con- continue, <laughs> working, <laughs> continue working on uh, the watch side. Well, I, I understand. It was just, you know... Some far-reaching ideas that I know will come to fruition at some point. You've definitely got a lot on your plate at the moment, so I totally understand. Um, before we start wrapping up, uh, do you guys want to give away a knife? Yes, we should do that. What should we give away? Um, I have something we can give away, unless you have something prepared. I'm sure I have something, but I don't have anything I don't know any off the top of so my head. So my real steel knives uh, rocket, the sample division one, finally arrived from Germany <laughs> three months later. Oh um, and in that time, the Lomnia one has come out. Um, so I have a rocket to give away, at least. Um, what, I don't think it meets the, our dollar requirement, though. No, I could probably throw some stuff in to, yeah. to get it to that point. Um, we can give that away. I have, have. other things, too, I'm sure. Uh figure that out but uh we want to we have uh some new patrons as well so uh, they'll be getting in on this as so if you guys want to give me the get top number just dave hold on jake you're more prepared for me than i am i gotta like jave <laughs> come log in and get our people i would give them a slip joint razor but they ain't getting mine yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah levon after sending sending you guys the the razors um like a few days later, or maybe yesterday it was, I was like, Jesus, why didn't I send you an extra one to do a giveaway with? Uh, we can always do that another time. Uh, you gave us quite a few razors that are never leaving any of us, so uh, <laughs> everybody can get their own. <laughs> All right, Jake, we have 21. 21. Also, and as always, thank you. Story on Instagram, too. And I tag me in it. Rage. Tag me in it, Jake, so I can actually number it. twelve. Congratulations, number twelve. Who we got? Uh let's let me just make sure I did this right. One, two, three. Dan Serpico. That's a great last name. I hope that's, that's a real. Isn't there an, a, a movie yes, called a movie. Serpico? Yes. <laughs> and then they make, then they parody it. It's always sunny. That's true. where Charlie uh, goes undercover. And he's Serpico. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Oh so God. dancer go you win <laughs> congratulations congrats buddy we'll we'll send you the real steel rocket or something else i'm not sure quite yet 
and something else some or cool something stuff. else. Some cool stuff will, will end yeah. up with you. <clears throat> um, I do want to take some time uh, before we close out with Surge uh, to thank our sponsors. Uh, River's Edge Cutlery, St. Nick's Knives, PVK Vegas. I also want to give a shout out to the Going Gear EDC Club. Still a great value if you guys don't don't subscribe to that. It's pretty much the only subscription box that I think is worth the dough. Um, who am I forgetting? Lomnia, the giveaway. Lom- our Lomnia giveaway ends on the 28th, which happens to be my birthday. I feel like this episode with Surge was like the ultimate birthday present to myself. Oh, Just because. You must have not have... You must have not gotten really good presents, Levin. I'm sorry, man. Dude, let me tell. This is phenomenal, and I got a, I, and I got a, 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 a slip joint razor, so yeah. I'm a happy camper. That's a pretty good one. Yes. Uh, also, want to make it better than I did. My birthday, my birthday last week. I oh I my god, yours now. was. The, that's right. Yours was the 18th, right? Oh, happy birthday, 17. Brian. 17. Happy, happy birthday, Brian. I'm I, sorry. I scheduled a root canal for my fucking birthday. Nice. <laughs> uh, I, I got one that's giving me a problem Damn. too. I know I'm going to do that as well. Getting old sounds awesome. I can't wait. I also want to give a shout out to Blade Runner Systems. Uh, everybody got their vault case, which was a great, uh, which was a huge success. Really happy to do yeah, that. I hope to do like more of those half in hour, like no seconds. Hour? Yeah, that was yeah. crazy. I thought I was going to be sitting on those for yeah. at least nope. a couple days. Those went quick. Those went very quick. So at least I know I'm going to do another run of those at some point. We'll see what happens. Uh, maybe some new t-shirts soon. Um, but there's pretty much nothing on the website. If you want to get your hands on some Knife Nuts merch, there's still some stuff on our Teespring. You can order from there. Um, but keep an eye out. I, I might start dropping stuff up on the website uh, pretty soon. Uh, Serge, is there anything you would like to tell everybody? This was phenomenal. No, man. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been awesome talking to you guys. It's awesome to talk to uh, to uh, talk to a person, to a human being. <laughs> Dude. Talk to anybody. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Talk about you. setting your fire, your, your, your sights very high. There it is. It was awesome I know exactly what he means. That's why I feed the fucking birds. <laughs> is, that, is that a euphemism a for something? What's happening? Yeah. No, it's because you get so bored out of your mind never, never speaking to anybody because you're constantly working by yourself. So, What happened to exactly the praying mantises? I still, <laughs> I still have like dead ones stuck to shit around here. <laughs> you had to you clean to sawdust out of resin. your. Yeah, exactly, and, and then it into, into a knife. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be the real KMP edition. That's With true. The preserved prank oh, like a yeah, <laughs> suspended in epoxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's Maybe that's. I, I was gonna say we need something for the four of us that like no one else has to commemorate. This podcast, and that a key is keychain with a dead mantis in it. Uh, I, it's funny because Serge had to clean out all the sawdust from his from his mill. He just cleans out met dead mantis carcasses from his. <laughs> there was quite a few. I'm surprised uh, how many are inside that little egg turd sack. <laughs> I still never get over that. Like it, you're in a prison of your own making. Like it's like oh, I just brought this egg sack home. What what did we think was going to happen? I thought I was gonna, you know, never it was warm out in the spring. I'd bring shiny. it outside, and then I would an uh, of let them all hatch. But yeah. instead, I, I cranked my heat up in the garage and forgot about it, and left, and came back, and they're all hatched. It's it's kind of tragic when you think about it. Yep. <laughs> and on that uh, bummer, 
thank you guys for listening, Serge. Thank you so much for doing this. Will you will you join us again? Anytime, you guys. Thanks it for having me. A- absolute pleasure, man. You want to take my really. spot? <laughs> you got it, Brian. Come on. What would Yours. what would uh, knife nuts do without your rants? Yeah, it would know. be nothing. We, yeah, we would be absolutely nothing. Absolute <laughs> nothingness. Just a void. <laughs> a void. Excel. Oh, see, see what? Avoid Excel. Oh God! Just stop avoid it. Excel. Avoid <laughs> Excel. K and P edition. Damascus inlays. Dead mantis. Dead mantis inlays. That's what a real gain in our straightaway villa. <laughs> oh my God! Thank you, everyone. We'll Take do another episode out. soon where we'll actually talk. No one does this. That's not our outro anymore. Important we, news. I got a new backpack. Yeah, yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, no. <laughs> episode over. Be the last. Oh, wait. I didn't mean to press the bomb twice. Oh, my God. <laughs>